Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! If you have your Bibles, can I encourage you to turn with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 22. Luke 4, verse 14 to 22. And uh, we're going to read Scripture together. And uh, we're going to ask God to speak to us through this Scripture. And because uh, we, we want to hear from God this morning. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 4, if you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, it's okay. We have, uh, you know, it flashed out on the screen for you. Uh, but if you have a Bible, we encourage you to turn to it uh, and, uh, you know, read it. Uh, so Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 22 uh, says this, uh, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, Uh, And news of him went throughout the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, everybody say his custom was. So we're going to study a little bit of the habits of Jesus today. Amen. How many know that, you know, it's always good to study Jesus. Amen. Uh, And he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he read from Isaiah, for those of you who are interested, specifically it's Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 2. Uh, But it says here, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he, pro- then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we pray. The Lord, your word will continue to speak. And Lord, your word will be planted in our hearts. God, we declare this morning our hearts are soft and ready uh, to hear from you, Holy Spirit. Would you please bring, Lord, uh, these words to life, Lord, uh, to bring us, Lord, uh, uh, closer to your image, to your idea of how uh, we should live and how we should be. Today, we're not here for more information, but more transformation. And Lord, even with the desire to be transformed, I just want to pray right now. Lord, for if there's anyone here, Lord, just like how Jesus declared, for the brokenhearted in our midst, Lord. For those that are held captive by various addictions and and bad habits. For those that uh, feel like they're stuck, Lord, in, in spiritual blindness. For those who are oppressed by maybe illnesses and other things. Lord, we declare today, we proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We declare your freedom over everyone that's hearing your word right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All of you who are brokenhearted, you know, say amen because God is, wants to heal you today. Amen. All of you who feel oppressed, God wants to set you free. All of you who, you know, uh, you know uh, feel like you are in darkness, you know, not living in darkness, I hope, but 
but you know, blind, not sure what the future holds, you know. How many know that our God is the one who gives sight to the blind? Amen. And I believe that that's what God wants to do today. So, you know, Jesus here uh, has declared, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And uh, what we have been doing as a church is that we want to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. How many know that the Holy Spirit is our friend? Amen. And we have learned over you know, the course of the past few weeks, if you're interested, you can go and check out our resources online. But we are being drawn by God back to that place of, of reminding ourselves, remembering that it is the, truly the Holy Spirit, that He is the key towards our victory. He is the key towards our victorious living. He is the key, amen, for living for Jesus. And then we had such a wonderful time also uh, uh, being reminded uh, not only of missions that's happening all over the world, you know, like places like Moldova, but even here in London, you know, the, the Spirit of the Lord. You know, I believe that what Jesus declared, uh, 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 you know, and declared to have fulfilled, we are to continue. Amen. And so if you're taking down notes, you know, today's uh, title is called To Be Continued. And then I want us to be like Jesus, to also have the Spirit of the Lord upon us. And we know that because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, the Spirit of the Lord is not only upon us, but He is in us and with us. And my desire is that God would use us as His people, as His church, to go out into the different places, the different, as we've learned from past weeks, the different Moldovas that He've placed us in. Moldovas call our offices, our families, our homes, our social groups, our interest groups, you know, uh, to be there, to, to be his vessel so that those that are broken hearted can be comforted, so that those that are held captive can be set free, so that those who are oppressed can come to know that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you, if you agree with that, can I hear a good amen? amen? Amen. And I believe that not only did Jesus fulfill this, you know, uh, we are meant to continue in his footsteps. Steps. And this is evident uh, in the lives of the apostles. And if you know uh, the book of Acts, you know, the, the name that we have taken for our church, you know that the apostles and the followers of Jesus did many things. They carried on what Jesus fulfilled in his reading of Isaiah at this very moment. And they continued and they continued on. And, and one of the things that uh, 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 they, they, they did was to proclaim his gospel, his good news. And you can see you know, examples after examples of it in the book of Acts. But I want us to specifically turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 39. Uh, and I just find that there's this linkage there. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 39, you have the, the incident of Philip, the apostle Philip, a follower of Jesus, ministering to the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, and, and there's a correlation there. Not only was Philip continuing what Jesus started, he was preaching about Jesus and the freedom that's found in Jesus. But I love the linkage here because here was an Ethiopian eunuch that was also meditating on Isaiah. Uh, and, 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 and Philip was able to be used by the Spirit of God to not only preach Jesus, but, but, but cause there to be a linkage. And this is a beautiful picture. And, and let's read. Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 39 says this, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. 
So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? Amen. How can I unless someone guides me? I believe the Spirit is speaking. How can your friends, how can our friends, our family members come to understand the fullness of God unless somebody guides them? Amen. Faith comes to hearing and hearing the Word of God, but how would they know the Word of God if there's no one there to speak of the Word of God to them, to live out the Word of God for them? Amen. You know, the, 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 and he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away and who would declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And, and this is, you know, if you're interested, this reading is taken uh, from, I think, uh, Isaiah uh, 57, of, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and uh, you can go back and read it, but that of uh, 53. Uh, and uh, all of it is talking about, you know, the, the Messiah and what he has done. Uh, and so let's continue reading on. Uh, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Praise God. Preach Jesus to him. May we preach Jesus, amen, to our friends. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Hallelujah. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Amen. You know, speaking of uh, uh, baptism, it, it pray with us. It is our hope uh, that we can uh, uh, do water baptisms again. And I, I hope that maybe uh, come uh, September, we can be baptizing some people before it, it goes cold uh, into, you know, uh, um, you know, autumn, even though some of you might say that it's, you know, autumn already happened today. Uh, but, uh, you know, so if you're interested, please, you know, speak to uh, your home leaders or, or speak to myself or Pastor Cat. We will love to connect with you. But here is this beautiful picture of, you know, this Ethiopian eunuch uh, uh, who came to know Christ. And, he, you know, he was, he was baptized. He was, he was changed uh, by God. Uh, and, and this is a beautiful picture because, you know, this is a reminder that there are so many people. You know, he was reading from uh, Isaiah 53 about... About the Messiah and, and there's so many people out there that are looking for a Messiah. There's so many people out there. This Ethiopian you now represented to me uh, an example of, of, of people that you know, just, just, just pause here for a moment. You know, he, this was a, a eunuch. And, and those of you who might not understand this, you know, uh, in, in, in biblical history or in the context and culture of those times, there were, there were royals and sometimes, you know, uh, the kings or queens would, would kind of like one servants, but then they would be paranoid that there would be, you know, uh, a sexual immorality that would be happening in the palace and, and because sometimes the eunuch's job was to take care of the, 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 the pagan kings, concubines, you, you know, the stuff. And so what would happen many times is that uh, families would either sell their 
their, 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 their boys, their young uh, male sons, you know, out of poverty, they will either sell them to the palace uh, and, and to be made eunuchs. That means that they would have been young uh, before their sexual organs were fully developed so that, you know, the things that needed to be snipped away could be snipped away. And so this, uh, this, this, this person, even though here he is uh, having the, the, the appearance of nobility, he had a chariot, Philip didn't have. He had a chariot, he, he was an ambassador, he was sent maybe uh, to Jerusalem for, for political negotiations or for trade deal agreements, whatever you call it. But even though on the outside he looked like someone who's in charge, but, but he is deep down inside someone who had trauma who was either sold from a very young age, or the alternative is this, was an orphan. And, and what palaces back then would do, they would either take boys sold to them out of poverty, or young orphan boys, and they would mutilate their genitals so that they can serve at the pleasure of the king and queen at those times. So this was a person who, who had a sexual dysfunction, had trauma, had abandonment issues, can you imagine if your parents sold you off to be castrated? You know, you know there's that, something very traumatic. And maybe because of all that, he, 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 he grind, he didn't, maybe he, he, he sought to prove himself. Uh, and maybe, you know, he, he, he rose among the ranks. But maybe as he rose among the ranks, there was still something that was lacking in him. Because I can imagine in those times, you know, uh, uh, he would compare himself to another man and he'll feel like he's short. He'll look at people having families and children and he'll realize that that's not something he can have. And in his brokenness and in his desperation, even though outside he looked all okay, but inside he was broken. Even though outside he was provided for, working, trusted by the king or queen of Ethiopia at a time, and, and, and being having chariots and servants and whatnot, yet there was this longing in him for something that all these things cannot fill. There was a longing in him for God. There was a longing in him for the Messiah. And here he was reading scripture, trying to understand. And, and maybe there was a part of him that, that, that saw the suffering. And at that time, he wasn't even sure, is this prophet talking about somebody else or himself? But maybe he, there was something, there was a hurt within him that resonated with this faith that didn't deny hurt, but, but welcomed it and surrendered it to God's hands. Friends, I'm here to tell us that we live in a very broken world. And, and the needs in Jesus' time, those that are oppressed, those that are brokenhearted, they are still very much alive today. And the work that Jesus started, we are to continue today. And then the only reason why Jesus, the work that he started was able to be continued into not only Philip, but then now through Philip, this Ethiopian eunuch. You know, and, and, and who knows, one day in heaven, only we will know the revival that possibly took place in Ethiopia when this person went back home because he did go back rejoicing. I wonder what conversation happened when the king go like, you look extra happy today, oh king. Your Majesty, I have, you have no idea. And who knows? You know, the, the, the testimonies and the changed lives. One day we will know, amen, in the presence of God. Uh, but what I'm trying to say to us is this, that the work continued. And Jesus' teachings continued. 
Uh, my hope for us as a church, and our church is a, is a transient church, you know, uh, it is not a glitch, it is a design. You know, I believe that God designed our church uh, uh, to be in London because London is a transient city, uh, not just to keep. You know, how many know that the world is all about getting and keeping, right? Getting that job and keeping the job, getting married and keeping the marriage. You know, God, God is opposite. God is about giving. God is all about giving, giving and releasing. Amen. He gave His own Son and then He released the power of the Holy Spirit onto His followers. And so, what I want us to understand is this, that, you know, uh, it's not a mistake that, you know, our church here is a little bit more transient, but I really believe that God wants to use that for His glory. Can you imagine, you know, the lives that, that Jesus impacts through our church? They, in turn, like a Philip, will, will be led by the Spirit, you know, to minister at the marketplace or wherever the Spirit leads them. And then somebody that they impact, goes back to their hometown, home country, and impacts, you know, their local town, their local city. And that is my hope, my desire for you, friends. You know, you might not be in that job forever, but I pray that all that you've sown, God will cause it to bear much fruit. Amen? You know, don't underestimate, you know, when the Holy Spirit leads you, you know, to, to have a meal with someone, uh, to, you know, I, uh, have a conversation with someone, even if it's on the street, you know, but I believe that, you know, God will lead you and use you. And so I want us to now come back to Jesus. So let's, let's turn back to Luke chapter 4 and come back to Jesus and study what is it exactly that made the, 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 the teachings of Jesus, the sayings of Jesus, able to transcend time and generations until us today. Amen? Of course, the, the straightforward answer, you might say that, well, because he's, he's fully God, he's fully man. Yeah. But, but I also believe that in, in Jesus, yeah, you're right to say that he's fully God, but he was also fully man. And, and, there, and there are aspects of the fully man nature of Jesus that we can learn and adopt today. And because Jesus at that moment, you know, are you back at Luke chapter 4? You know, it says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So right then, then, He is living the Spirit-filled life. But the Spirit-filled life is not just about power. It's also about habits. And so to actually study the habits of Jesus, which I alluded to, you know, there are actually three things that sometimes we read it, we thought that, oh, it's just there for, you know, for, you know, for the biblical scholars to fill up letters, you know, no, they, no, how I many thank God that the, 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 the gospels were not written by university students trying to find, finish their final year dissertation. Otherwise, there'll be a lot of extra words, you know, for the sake of being extra. Uh, but how I many know that, you know, the, the, the book of Luke, written by Dr. Luke, he, he, he's one of my favorite gospels because, you know, being a physician, he is very detailed. And so everything is there. It's also not just him, but inspired by the Holy Spirit to be there to teach us something. There were three things that led to Jesus' fulfillment of that scripture, right? There were three habits as we read on, when his ministry started, Jesus would go around, perform ministry, but as his, it was his custom, verse 16, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. So point number one is this. This is the first habit that we need to, 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 to re-adopt or adopt. It's point number one is this, it's Sabbath. Sabbath. Now I know what you're thinking, Sabbath. Pastor, you did a teaching on this Ten Commandments last year. No, no, no. But today, I want us to remind again, Sabbath is not just about rest. 
the Hebrew definition, the Hebrew word for Sabbath or, or Shabbat, as it was pronounced in the, in the Hebrew tongue, is not only rest, it is ceasing to rest. That means stopping, cease, stop. How many know that before you rest, you need to stop, right? It's common sense, right? <laughs> you know, uh, to, to, to sleep, you got to stop uh, being awake. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, so rest is important. And sometimes we think Sabbath, Sabbath, rest, rest, because we, we use it. Oh, I'm taking a sabbatical. I'm taking a rest. I'm taking a, a break. But what it means really is, is stopping to rest. And Jesus, how many know that Jesus perfectly qualifies as one of the busiest people ever with the most important mission, right? If there was ever anyone that had no time for the small stuff, it was Jesus, right? And yet, even though he was busy, even though he was on a mission, and even though that mission was three years and he knew exactly what needed to be done, he, as it was his custom, never missed a Sabbath, and Sabbath is so much more than going on a Sunday. That's, that's the second point. I'll come to it later. But what I want us to focus on is stop. And there is a power of stopping. How many know that for some of us, the hardest thing to do is stop? Stop worrying. Stop planning. Stop looking. Stop sleeping. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> stop eating. That's for me. You know? Stop. Stop is hard. How many of you are stopping, you know, uh, can be inconvenient? Back then, Shabbat, or stop, as it was known back then, was a God command. And it actually happened, not on Saturday, not even on Sunday, but it actually happened on sundown Friday until sundown Saturday. And, and back then, what we would happen is this, on Friday night, people would rush before sun goes down, let's say seven, you know, uh, and they would try to, you know, finish their work so that they can be at home by seven. And back then, what we would do is that they would sit around for a meal. So it's not just like, oh, we stop working and parents stop being parents. No, no, it's stop. So that we focus on what's important, we stop and we stay at home. We have a meal together. And, and I haven't been to Israel, and, and I hope to visit it uh, one day, uh, hint, hint, cat. Uh, and because uh, she, she's my travel agent, she plans all my holidays. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it is said that when you're in Israel, and they celebrate, in, in Jerusalem especially, uh, where a lot of the more orthodox Jewish people live and congregate because it's near the temple and all that, that on Sabbath, the streets are empty. And not only that, if you were to walk through the neighborhood, they will actually be singing. Each family gathering on a table, singing. The mom would sing, the dad would sing, and they would have a meal together. It's something very beautiful. Then they will rest, meditate on the Torah. Then the next day on Saturday morning, they will go to church and listen to another person read from the Torah, like what Jesus did. Then they would chill out, have fellowship, all the way until sundown Saturday and, and I find that it's, it's, you know, it's amazing because it's God's idea. You know, and I know for, you know, for some of us, you know, we are workaholics. Uh, and uh, even before, the night before work, you start checking emails. How many have been there before? Come on, raise your hands and shame the devil, right? You've been there before. How many know that the beautiful thing about this Shabbat is that actually you still can do that? Because, you know, it's a type of rest that's from sundown to sundown. 
So Saturday night, you can whip up your phone again <laughs> and check all the emails for Sunday. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, but but it's, it's not so much about the rest, but it's about the stopping. And is it convenient? No, it's not convenient because in, in the uh, ultra-conservative areas where they... We, we don't see that in, in, in Western world, in Malaysia, in the East, or even here in London, in the West. Uh, uh, but if you go to, to, to Jerusalem that actually practices it, you know, uh, you know, sometimes shops will close, public transport might even cease, or they have to hire other people who don't practice the faith to drive the bus for the non-believers. Um, and is it convenient? No. You know, Pastor Cat had to uh, do uh, a business, you know. Uh, 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 she's a lawyer, so she had to work with a client who, who happens to be of a Jewish faith. And so, uh, you know, forget trying to get them to reply emails on a Friday afternoon. They're like, we're preparing for Shabbat. No, you know. And, and there's so much honor for it. Is it convenient? Can you imagine a businessman? You try to close a multi-million dollar deal, the other side wants to sign, and then the only time they can sign is 7 p.m. on a Friday. But if you are God-loving, you will actually say, sorry, can't sign. Is it convenient? No. But God commands a stop. It is in the stop that we recognize the authority of God. So the Sabbath is not just to give us rest. It is designed to remind us that you are not in control. Because when you stop, what are two things that you give up? You give up time. And you give up your control of time. And when you do that, when you stop your own time, you allow God to disrupt your time, you're saying that, God, my time belongs to you. All of time belongs to you. Instead of us figuring out when we're turning gray that we've wasted all our time, God's actually designed in a pattern where every week you're reminded that time belongs to God. Control belongs to God. Stop worrying. Control belongs to God. Stop worrying about the future. Time belongs to God. But it's so inconvenient. It belongs to God. You know, there is a disruption. And maybe some of us, we we do that sometimes on a Sunday. You know, other days we don't dress up. And and I know today, you know, some some guys in church decide to do, let's do a suit up Sunday. And and, and some some are participating. And you know, it's, it's, it's good. But even that, it's a good disruption. Is putting a stop to how I would like to dress and saying that actually my dressing belongs to God. Stop my eating and sleeping so that I can do it according to God. And, and so that's, so, so friends, don't misunderstand. A spirit-led life, as Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's not just about work, 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 ministry, ministry, ministry. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. It's also in knowing when to stop Right? And not stop to rest only, but stop and recognize the sovereignty of God. Amen? The second thing that Jesus did, the habit of Jesus that is, you know, synonymous with a spirit-led life, is that he went to synagogue. That's point number two. Synagogue. I know that doesn't quite apply to us. Synagogue comes from the Greek word, which means assembly. That's why I use the word synagogue. If you ever are curious on how to pronounce it in Greek, it's actually Greek is pronounced sunagoge. I know you're just laughing. It sounds, yeah, sunagoge. It sounds like sunagoge, but sunagoge. Right? Synagogue. But pronounced in English, you know, they, they've kind of like 
No, it's okay. Please, we love all people. You know, we love people. We love all people. Um, It just sounds like that. But what it means is this. It means a gathering or an assembly. So not only did Jesus know when to do ministry, when to stop in honoring God, stop in remembering that the Father is in control, stop that time belongs to the Father, but he didn't forsake assembling. And then this is something so powerful. A spirit-led life doesn't mean that God zaps you and you become a lone ranger for Christ. No, Philip, don't get me wrong. At that moment, he, he was, you know, kind of like, a, and sometimes you reread the, the, the book of Acts and we think that, wow, Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, Apostle Philip, and the crazy things they did. And we think that spirit-led life is, is like me against the world, a one-man army for Christ. No, it's not. That's not the case. It actually involves assembly. If you read the book of Acts, if you really read it, yeah, there were personal adventures but it was always either on the way to worship or coming back from worship. It was always on the way to church or coming back from church or synagogue at that time, coming back from assembly. And so if you want to live a spirit-led life, if you want the, the work that started with Jesus to continue, we must not forsake gathering together. Because there is power. How many thought it was so powerful today to worship together? Amen. Those of you, all of us, in fact, at one time we were worshiping online. But how many of you can admit that worshiping online it was it was good? Thank God we can worship online. Online church can reach people. But when we come together, there is a special type of anointing. How many of you felt that this morning? Amen. Just just a, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Pastor O, who who, who pastors you know Chapel of Life. You know our our friends who who used to worship together with us in the same building, and he was just saying that yeah. You know, you know, we've been doing it online, but when you gather together, just nothing beats it. There's a special type of anointing. And God is saying that my people, I, I, there's so much that needs to be done, but don't forsake coming together for synagogue. Don't forsake coming together for assembly, for church, for a gathering. Amen? Because it is there that, that actually we, we, we fulfill Jesus' command. Turn with me to John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. If you want to know what is one of the best ways to tell people of your faith, is, you know, the easiest, simple answer is to be on fire. But what does it mean to really be on fire? John 13, verse 34, 35 says this, this is Jesus, a new commandment I give to you. So, so church, again, is not man's idea. It's God's idea. It's Jesus' command. So the next time you don't feel like it, the devil tries to tempt you, you know, come on, you got to speak to your flesh. Allow the Holy Spirit to argue it out. What we learned last week and said, no, I can't. This is a command from God. Because it is when you love one another as I have loved you. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I'm going to read it one more time. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How do people know that you are a born-again believer of Christ, spirit-filled person when you belong to an assembly? And they see there is, and when they check out your assembly, when they check out your church, there is love for one another. That even when we don't quite get along sometimes, there is still love for one another. And it is in that that God commands a blessing. And we actually get recharged. 
How many of you know that when you come to church, you know, God doesn't need your worship. Actually, you need the worship. You needed to worship. And it is in the worship, in your expression of your love for God that you get recharged. It is in serving one another that you get recharged. When we pray for each other that we get recharged. Amen? You know, this is God's earthly representation of His heavenly family and, and we must keep it sacred. Amen? Point number three is this, Scripture. Scripture. The habits of Jesus was this, right? We read it in verse 16 earlier on. As it was his custom, on Sabbath, he would go to synagogue, he would stand up, he will read. And so we know Sabbath is not just about rest, it's stopping and giving God control. Stopping and, and recognizing that God is the one that's in control. Maybe some of us, this is a new practice that, that we need to do. You know, before you know, the weekend comes, you know, before, you know, instead of just moving in from week after week, you know, maybe you need to schedule in some stop time for the Lord. Some stop time, right? And then come together. You know, a lot of us, we, we struggle to come, we struggle to assemble. It's because actually we need to stop first and then assemble. You know, otherwise, the assembling of church is just one little to-do list. You know, and sometimes, you know, people, you know, nothing wrong if, if you have a place to go, but, but sometimes, you know, I wonder if, if people are just, you know, Choosing church for, you know, uh, which is the one that starts the earliest, which is the one that starts the latest, which is the one that's the shortest, you know, to, to kind of like to suit us and our preferences. But God is saying, no, stop and give me glory. You need it more than you realize. And scripture. Let me paraphrase this. I want to encourage us to love scripture. Scripture, right, your, let me just maybe make everyone, because I know every time I talk about scripture, people think that, oh, he's going, he's going to check us on our quiet time again. Can, can I just say this? Whether you do your quiet time or not, it doesn't affect your salvation. Okay? Whether you do your quiet time or not, it doesn't affect God's love for you. God doesn't love those among us who do quiet time more. Okay? Because so, so, sometimes we grow up thinking like that. We feel condemned. And then when we, we, we miss our, you know, I don't know, because I don't use the, the, the Bible app, I just use the, use the actual Bible. You know, sometimes he has those reminders, you've got to catch up and all that, and sometimes you just delete the app because you feel so condemned, right? You feel like you can't catch up, so God must be angry at you. You know, the, 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 the app producer is spying on you, you know, giving your data to God. No, 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 no. no whether you read or don't read, God loves you. Whether you read or don't read, if you have faith in Jesus... That, that's what salvation is. Faith in Jesus, not true works. Right? But you know what scripture does do? Scripture inspires us. Scripture guides us. How will the people listening to Jesus be guided that Jesus here is the fulfillment of what is written in Isaiah 61 because of scripture? And most importantly, Scripture, like I say, doesn't affect God's love for us, but it affects our love for God. And a lot of times you go like, well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I want the power and God, God uses you, God pours out His Spirit on you because the Bible says He will pour out on all flesh, no discrimination. And, 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 and after a while, you know, we, we run out of momentum. We run out of love and we, we, we feel like we need reminder again the reminder comes from Scripture. Like I said, Scripture doesn't change God's love for us, but it changes our love for God. 
And so if you want to keep continuing the work that Jesus started, you've you got to learn to love Scripture. And it is so important because we're living in an age where you know, different ones are saying different things and we, we need to know the truth. And we owe it to ourselves to read the Bible. We owe it to ourselves to improve. Don't, don't say, oh, reading is not my thing. Do you know how gracious God is? There's such a thing called the audio Bible. Just the other day, you know, Andrew and Denise was just telling us that when their daughter Christine, baby Christine goes to sleep, they play the audio Bible. You know, if that kid doesn't grow up to become a Bible school teacher, I don't know why, well, you know, just... But, but today, there's audio Bibles. There's, there's, there's app Bibles. There's, you know, friends, we've got no excuse. And we owe it to ourselves to grow up. We owe it to ourselves. Don't even say, oh, I want to reach my friends, so I want to know the word so I can rebut them. No, read it for yourself first. And it is only when you love Scripture that you will love speaking of Scripture to other people. You see, if Philip, Philip was filled with spirit, yeah? How do you think he could explain what the Ethiopian eunuch was confused about if he didn't also understood or even read Isaiah? So because he's spirit-filled and he, he, read, he reads it, you know, from a spirit-filled perspective, from the perspective of the finished work on the cross. And so that's why he was able to preach not Old Testament, but preach not philosophy, not preach not theology, but preach Jesus. And it is only in the preaching of Jesus that lives get changed. And so my encouragement for us today, I'm wrapping up my, my, my message now, is this that we will learn to stop because we've, be, we've been learning a lot about Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But, but the Spirit of God must be anchored with some daily habits or weekly habits. And so, learn to schedule in. Stop. I'm, I'm preaching this to myself. You know, I know sometimes you know, I, I ask Pastor Kat this before. Hey, is it, do you think we can work out some kind of like Sabbath? I know it sounds very Old Testament, very, very Jewish, but it's, it's biblical. And of course, Pastor Ken says, busy. We're very busy. <laughs> Saturday, we have X Bristol. On, you know, Sunday, we've got church. If people say they want counseling, we can't. And go like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But you know what? Maybe even as a pastor, I need to learn to stop. And, 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 and give glory to God. Stop so that actually God, counseling belongs to you. Stop because actually the church is not built on the pastor. It's built on you. Okay? Don't worry. I'll, I'll, you, can, you can still text us anytime. <laughs> Okay, I'm not, this is not trying to hint that, you know, stop, take, no, 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 no. That, that's for us to work out. And I understand that in today's 21st century, you know, unless you've had a habit, and unless the whole nation kind of practices, it's kind of hard to suddenly stop, right? Kind of hard to do that. But let's learn. Because again, this is God's idea. I don't know how that will look like, but learn. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach me how to stop. And maybe there's gonna, there needs to be some time in the week where maybe you stop internet because it's so much noise. Stop the scroll. Stop the TV. Stop the noise. And just stop and be inconvenient by God only to recognize His Lordship. Because when He's Lord, He can inconvenient us. 
when it's all about our convenience, then he stops being Lord. And let us not forsake the gathering. Even though this is not a synagogue, this is church, but there's also other gatherings called prayer meetings. There's also other gatherings called homes. And we're not trying, again, trying to get you. Church activity helps no one. It's not in the church activity. It's in the, it's in the gathering together. How many know that you can be in homes but not there? You can be there. Everything online now, you can, you can be there and you can say, oh, my, my internet not working. Oh, my camera off. And then you're there doing dishes in the side. It's not about just, it's not attendance. It's assembling. It's not attendance. It's assembling. Would you assemble with God's people? Encourage one another. Amen. And scripture. Scripture. Stop giving an excuse that I'm not a book person. Then listen. Otherwise, owe it to yourself. Amen. To grow up. You owe it to yourself to learn God's word. Buy a study Bible. Ask your pastor for Bible study. He loves being long-winded. <laughs> you guys know. It's a jab myself. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be your followers. We want to follow in your footsteps. And God, what you declared in Isaiah is still relevant and so needed today. And God, we see in Scripture that your early church continued to work. And they continued to reach out people from all nations. They continued to reach out people from all backgrounds. God, I thank you that when Philip ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch, he didn't make his gender an issue. He didn't make his ethnicity an issue. He didn't make his, his uh, uh, cultural background an issue. He just preached Jesus. And God, we want to continue in this. But Lord, we know that we do not wrestle flesh and blood. And Lord, we know that it is not our might, not our power, not our strength, not our talent, not our ability, but by your Spirit, that we're able to do all things. But Lord, we also know, Lord Jesus, as you model out a spirit-filled life, a purpose-driven life, in your drive to reach people, you always make time to stop, to worship, and to meditate on Scripture, even though you are the Word of God. And so thank you, Lord, for modeling out even humility. And so may we never say, that we already know. May we always humble ourselves to read again and read again and meditate again. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, if there's anyone here, Lord, there's something that's, you know, just plaguing their hearts. Right now, I declare in the name of Jesus for your Sabbath, for your not only rest, but for your stop to happen in their lives right now. And God's putting a stop to your worry. God's putting a stop to your anxiety. God's putting a stop to your uncertainty. God's putting a stop. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life 
and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.